Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I'm not going to lie. The Detroit Lions are a very good football team. But if the Cowboys can do the one thing on defense, they can slow down Jared Goff's offense. Let's talk about it. Here we go. What is up, everyone? And welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button if you enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, on a Wednesday night. It feels like a Thursday night, though, because today we had the second injury report for the Cowboys. We are, you know, three days removed from game day because the Cowboys will be playing on Saturday night. By the way, if you see promos, if you see ads on Twitter or whatever, do not let them fool you. They are presented as Monday night football, but it is Monday night football on a Saturday night. Uh, that thing's ha- That thing happens because... It's ESPN's show. It's ESPN's production. They're going to have Joe Buck and they're going to have Troy Aikman on the call. By the way, perfect timing for that because the Cowboys are going to be, you know, uh, inducting Jerry Jones into uh, Jerry Jones, blah, uh, Jimmy Johnson into the ring of honor for that. So it's going to be fun to see, you know, that whole moment with Troy Aikman on the call and even Joe Buck, who's been Aikman's partner in the booth for a long time. So anyways, keep that in mind. It's going to be on Saturday night. The game is, and as I said, it just feels a little bit closer for a Wednesday show as usual for obvious reasons. Tonight, we'll talk a little bit about the Cowboys and Lions specifically on the offense, on the defensive side of things against the Lions offense because, uh, man, they are powerful. I'm going to be honest with you. I feel much better about facing the Lions than I did against the Miami Dolphins, where we had some fear-heavy shows here on primetime. I will admit that. And then the same with the Buffalo Bills. Maybe not as much, but yeah, a a little bit of concern there too. And while I believe the Lions are a relatively easier opponent than those two teams that the Cowboys just faced, and you know it's going to be easier circumstances, as the Cowboys are going to be playing at AT AT&T Stadium. They're not going to be on the road or anything like that. I feel better about the Cowboys' chances of winning. But that doesn't mean I'm still not scared about what they've got going on on offense because this is a scary unit. You know, I was trying to frame them. I was trying to frame them in one area. Like, are they a physical team? Are they a finesse team? Because I know we had a similar discussion about that when getting ready for the Dolphins, right? We looked at the Buffalo Bills and we said, damn, they're physical, right? They're going to punch you in the mouth a little bit. And we didn't expect 
to see what we saw in Buffalo with the Bills taking it to that level where they just ran the football with James Cook as much as they could. And then when we were preparing for the Dolphins offense, I think we all agreed this boy's good. However, they are a different type of good. They're not going to bully you in the trenches. And they didn't, honestly, uh, not like they did in a way, but not like the Bills did. And they, they did specifically the defensive tackles. I think we could say that. But it was different, right? That is a, a speedy offense. That is an offense that does not have the offensive line that the Bills have. They actually have a lot of holes up front. Not that it mattered at the end of the scoreboard, but still, you know what I mean. And the Lions, in my opinion, are somewhere in between. They definitely have a much better offensive line. They are fourth in run blocking, according to Ben Baldwin's composite rankings, which take into account PFF, ESPN, SIS. So it's like a composite ranking there. And they they are the fourth best run blocking offensive line. And then on top of that, you add the fact that these running backs are not only getting solid blocking up front, but they are gaining yards after contact. I, I spent some time looking at the PFF table, and I was noticing that the Lions have two running backs within the top 24 with more yards after the catch. So that's pretty solid, and that includes David Montgomery being ninth in the league, actually. But this is what I found really interesting. They're the only NFL team other than Atlanta that has two running backs in the top 24 for yards after contact. Like, both Jameer Gibbs and Montgomery are up there because they're good uh, at what they do. And they generate explosives for the Lions. And it's a pretty explosive team. And it's also a very explosive team for one of the biggest reasons why you would be afraid of them. And that's play caller Ben Johnson. And if I had some chill sound effect here, some fear, horror movie uh, sound effect, I would smash it right now because Ben Johnson... Man, he is a little bit of an artist with that chalkboard. And he will draw up some crazy plays. He will call all sorts of concepts in games. And he's going to catch every defense that he faces, except maybe Mike McDonald and the Ravens, because he he did a fantastic job against the Lions. But that that's a play caller that is going to be a head coach in the near future, I believe, in the NFL. And the Cowboys are going to face him with a very, very intense pool of weapons so just kind of like giving you the overview of these Lions offense and it all starts up front one of the best offensive lines in football and then Jared Goff and I want to talk about Jared Goff because to me that's the key right there to the game uh I think the one thing that the Cowboys need to do absolutely non-negotiable to win the ball game on Saturday night and it sounds easy, but it is not, is going to be to pressure Jared Goff. Now, I, I'm aware that we could say that about every quarterback in the NFL, right? It's like when people talked about Tom Brady and people said, if you rush with four and you pressure Brady, that's his kryptonite. And people always said that, and I was like, well, duh, that's the kryptonite maybe for every other quarterback in the league. But specifically... I think that Jared Goff throughout his career has seen a significant drop-off in performance when he's working under pressure. 
And it's very impressive. You go back to his LA Rams days and you look season by season how he's done when he's kept clean and how he's done when he's under pressure. And I promise you, it is night and day. Just for the 2023 season, he's been a top 10 quarterback according to Pro Football Focus's grades. Overall, here's him under pressure though. 21st in the NFL. His eighth incompletion rate, which is pretty nice. A lot of them are checkdowns, though. He's 35th in big time throw percentage, 14th in turnover worthy plays, and then he's 23rd in NFL rating when he is under pressure. I say that because to me, that is the one way you can slow down the Lions' offense. That and excellent tackling, because as I said, they're going to force you to make some tackles in the open field, both in the running game and in the passing game. So I look at this game, and I know that the Cowboys could struggle if they're not able to pressure Garrett Goff because Ben Johnson is going to have answers for whatever the Cowboys throw their way. Uh, That offensive line, though, is pretty good. Again, 11th in the NFL in pass pro. They have some... They don't have weaknesses, in my opinion. I don't think that there's a hole in that offensive line, to be honest. I think the guy that has allowed the most pressures within the team is like Taylor Decker, who, by the way, is banged up and was added to the injury report by Detroit. But I wouldn't call Taylor Decker a hole up front. He's a pretty solid offensive tackle. But the Cowboys might want to focus their efforts over there, uh, maybe play Micah Parsons a little bit to Jared Goff's blindside. But here's the thing. It won't matter if you blitz him if you're not getting home. And that was made clear last weekend when the Vikings played the Lions. And if you have not seen the Vikings play this season, they are out of their minds. It's Brian Flores calling the plays for that defense. And he is blitzing. Man, he blitzed Jared Goff at a 64% rate. And the Vikings do not have Micah. They do not have... Uh, Demarcus Lawrence, they do not have all of the guys that the Cowboys do. So even though they were blitzing, they weren't getting home. And Jared Goff killed, assassined the blitz. He was just, I think he completed like 80%. I don't remember the number, to be honest with you. But he was on fire against Brian Flores' blitz on, on Saturday last weekend. But again, the thing is... They were blitzing, but they weren't getting to Jared Goff. And I think that's what's going to change in this game for the Cowboys with the players that you have at your disposal, Micah and D-Law and Osa. And, you know, when they use the NASCAR front where they're getting Sam Williams involved and Armstrong involved, the Cowboys should be getting to Jared Goff. And if you get him pressured, if you get him uncomfortable, you get the bad version of of Jared Goff because he isn't really known for extending the plays. He isn't really known for uh, scrambling. I don't mean to say that he cannot do it, but it's just not his game, maybe. Jared Goff is known because he has a pretty solid arm that can make, you know, throws to all levels of the defense. He can push the ball downfield if you give him the opportunities. Like, if they run play action, and they do like to use play action, I think they're around league average in terms of percentage how much they use it. But yeah, they do like play action and they're good at it. And when he has time and he's what? 
he has the sixth highest time to throw in the NFL. When he has time to throw and it's a clean pocket and he has an opportunity to throw it deep, he's going to make the throw. That's Jared Goff. He has that arm, right? He, he's that kind of a, of a quarterback that you're afraid of because of his arm, because of his, I don't, not poise, but like willingness to throw deep. He's going to do that if you give him the opportunity. Again, I don't think the Cowboys are going to make it that easy on him, even with their offensive line. So I think that's the key to the game. That's the one thing that they need to do to beat the Lions. That being said, I have more stuff to say, but I realize I have not read your comments yet. Uh, so let me say hi to you guys in the YouTube chat. Uh, we've got Clayton here in the YouTube chat. We've got Toxic. Uh, no, we don't have Toxic, actually. You know, I, I said that out of... Out of uh, out of habit, but shout out to Toxic, who's always around. We've got Bruce, we've got Katharina, and we'll talk about the Rashawn Evans stuff, by the way. Saw some of your comments there in the chat about it. Uh, shout out to Tommy915. We've got a guru as well. Let's see here. Somebody said, Clayton says, I've been, I've been, I've seen people urging Jerry to can Mike and hire Ben Johnson. And if we're being real, uh, that's not gonna happen, right? Ben Johnson is definitely one of the hottest head coaching candidates in the NFL today. Uh, but if he goes elsewhere in 2024, you just know it's not going to be Dallas. The Cowboys are not going to move on from Mike McCarthy in 2024. Whatever happens in January, right? Let's be real. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Gregory says, Goff is a top 15 QV. And man, I think that's... More or less about where I would rank him. Goff to me is a guy that is outside of my top 10. But it is. I don't know that I could put him below 15th. So I'm pretty good with that. I'm pretty good with that sort of assessment on Jared Goff. And again, arm wise, he might be one of the best in the NFL. I think it's just the lack of magic to extend plays that really separates him for the rest of the league. From the rest of the league. Uh, let's see here. Detroit's guru has long been one of the sorriest laughing stock team for decades, but they are ghost resurrection of the NFL. I mean, they they clinched the NFC North. They clinched the NFC North. They are for the first time in 30 years, I think, right? They're going to the playoffs in 2023. That is guaranteed now. And they are going to be one of the best teams in the NFC. I, I do believe that. You know, if they end up phasing for some reason, if they end up phasing the Rams in the playoffs, I would absolutely love that with the Stafford and Goff storyline. But I think they would be favorites in that game. I think they are at fourth in the NFC right now because I would still put the Cowboys over them. But if somebody wanted to say, you know, I'd put the Lions above the Cowboys. I would have to admit that it's worth a debate, right? Because the Cowboys have lost two in a row. They have lost to the Bills. They have lost to the Dolphins. So, and, and the Lions have the numbers to back it up too. The thing about the Lions is the defense, and we won't focus too much on that tonight, but the defense of the Lions is very very weak, especially in the secondary. And I know they've got some issues. I know they've got some uh, problems in the secondary. 
injury-wise. But still, that is a defense that has been one of the best, one of the worst since midseason. DVOA-wise, they still rank among the top 15 defenses in the league. But if you filter it through like the second half of this season, they've been one of the bottom five, bottom 10 defenses in the NFL in just about every defensive metric that you find and you want to use. It's pretty wild that they've been this bad on defense because I don't think that was the expectations at all. Now, that being said, and we'll talk about it more tomorrow, but they have some fun linebackers, right? I think Campbell has grown into an NFL favorite pretty quickly. Aiden Hutchinson is a dog. And if Aiden Hutchinson plays you and you don't have Tyron Smith, so you got to help out on the left side and you're going to match up Aiden Hutchinson against Terrence Steele for most of the game, that's going to be an issue. I don't know that they move him around a whole lot, but Hutchinson is great. Uh, and one of the best pass rushers in the NFL today. All that being said, man, all that being said, there's Amon Ross and Brown that the Cowboys need to worry about in coverage. Amon Ross and Brown has emerged as one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And you watch him play, and he's a little bit of the completed package, right? He's got very reliable hands. He makes some impressive catches that, you know, are he makes them look easy, right? On one hand, but he's also pretty crisp at route running. I've seen him run some stuff that leaves you like, oh, he's not only wide open because Ben Johnson is keeping him open. This guy has some solid route running to him. There's Sam Laporta. And if you remember Sam Laporta from the draft days, I'm pretty sure you do. He's mostly like a receiver and he's proven it. I don't let, let, let me try to open the, the numbers here very quickly. But he's been one of the most productive tight ends as a rookie. And that is rare in the NFL. I'm sure you know, but that is pretty damn rare in the NFL. Let's let's open here. I'm, I'm trying to open PFF stats for yards and stuff. Laporta is fifth in yards in the NFL with 776. He's got nine touchdowns. That's most in the league. You get to the red zone, and boy, you got to be concerned about Laporta. I don't know if the Cowboys are going to just do their thing and match him up against Jaron Kears for most of the game or if there's going to be a special plan for it. But Sam Laporta, man, he's been the real deal as a rookie. Nine touchdowns, more touchdowns this season than Kelsey. And I know Kelsey has struggled more than uh, Andrews. Andrews probably would have would have uh, had the leg up on him if he had been healthy. But Hunter Henry for the Patriots has six. Cole Komet for Chicago has six. Uh, Kittle for San Francisco has six. David Njoku, six. And Sam Laporta has nine. And if you look at Jack, let's, let's look at Jack. Jarts after the catch, top 10 in the NFL among tight ends. Jarts per route run, seventh in the NFL. Sam Laporta is a real deal, man. And as I said, Lions are pretty good in the red zone. And that's because Ben Johnson is just masterful with the pencil. Their top five in red zone touchdown percentage, they score on 64% of their drives inside the 20-yard line. Not going to be easy because they have all of, all of these weapons, right? And that's just, again, Sand Brown and then Laporta, Jameson Williams is a little bit of a speedster there. 
they've got very diverse playmakers, in my opinion. Like, they've got a little bit of everything. They all can gain yards after the catch, though. And I already talked a little bit about the running backs, but Gibbs is explosive as heck. I was looking at Gibbs, man, and he is fifth in the NFL in 10-plus yard runs, right? Runs that go beyond 10 yards. He's fifth in the NFL. Montgomery is 11th. I'm not talking about percentages. I'm talking about just overall. This team has two running backs in the top 11 players in terms of explosive runs. Not going to be easy, bro. Not going to be easy. And uh, all that being said, though, you get up on the scoreboard and you force Jared Goff, Goff to drop back and pass, it's going to take pressure. It is going to take pressure, man, because if he, if he has time, he's going to cook you. And Ben Johnson is smart. You know, they were expecting the blitz against the Minnesota Vikings. And Jared Goff did not throw a single pass beyond the 20-yard mark, right? He didn't push the ball downfield at all because he knew he didn't need to. And most of the plays that they ran were 10 yards and below. They weren't pushing the ball even 10 yards downfield. I think about 22% of the plays versus the Vikings were 10 to 19 yards, nothing beyond 20 yards. And then 75% of the plays were either from the zero to the 10-yard line or behind the line of scrimmage because they knew what they were facing. And I bring that up because if you're Ben Johnson and you're facing the Cowboys, you know about Micah, you know about D-Law, you know about these guys. They're going to get rid of the football pretty quickly. Um, that's what I would be expecting in this game. So it's going to be one of those where you need to be in your A game in tackling and you need to be in your A game in getting to the QB. The good the good news here is Micah gets so quickly to the quarterback. I was watching the tape for the Dolphins game. I know a lot of people just want to move on from that game, so didn't focus a whole lot on it this week. But Micah, Micah made an impact in that game. Even with the roughing the passer stuff, even with all that controversy, even with the holdings, even with all that, Micah was getting to Tua quickly. So it's going to be fun to see how he does against the Lions, who should have a slightly better offensive line. But instead of facing the fastest gun in the West or in the East, more accurately, because Tua takes the least time to throw, he's going to face the third quarterback in terms of time to throw, like the third highest. So he might get some more shots at the QB. He might. This might be a good opportunity for, for Micah to get some sacks for sure. All right, let's see what you guys have to say. Shout out to Holly. Uh, appreciate your comment a whole lot. Uh, and by the way, sorry, I lied. I lied. Jared Goff is actually quicker to throw the football. Now that I uh, saw the number a little bit again. But then, all right, I, I will get back to you on that because I saw something that was wrong. But actually, Jared Goff is uh, sixth quickest in the NFL. Yeah, that sounded a little bit wrong when I said it. So had to had to double check it. I apologize for that. Uh, but shout out to Holly. I appreciate your comment a whole lot. I hope so too, I think. Not entirely sure. But yeah, thank you so much uh, for your comment. Appreciate you being here as always. Tommy915 says the Lions are a physical team that runs the ball really well. 
both things that give the Cowboys trouble. And that's, that is, you know, I had big task here in the overlay. That is true, man. We have seen the Cowboys go up against the Dolphins, who are very explosive, and really hold them down. I think Micah Parsons is right when he claims that the Cowboys actually did their job against the Dolphins' rushing offense. Sure, there, there were some rough moments, but the Cowboys got back to what they do, getting tackled for losses, stuffing the run in late downs, and mostly avoiding the big plays for Raheem Mostert and Devon Shane and all that. We didn't see a whole lot of that on Sunday, to be honest, to be completely objective. The Cowboys were pretty decent against the run. I said this the day after the game. Raheem Mostert was banged up like after nine carries and the Dolphins were averaging 3.4 yards per attempt when that happened. So at first, they were even struggling to get the running game going a little bit there uh, in Miami. But where this game differs is that do you have a much better offensive line from the Lions? And it also differs because they just do a whole lot of stuff. Like, I, I'm going to compare them to the Eagles here because run blocking-wise, this is the best offensive line that you've faced since Philly. To be precise with the PFF grades, the Eagles are the third best run blocking team in the NFL. Lions are second. But the Eagles like to run inside zone and will die running inside zone and doing the tush push. This is what we do, and that's what they tell you. Lions, though, are one of the teams that uses the most gap runs, most pulling linemen. They use counter, they use end arounds, they use all sorts of wild stuff to get the run game going. The Cowboys are going to be challenged on the edges, but they're also going to be challenged inside. And when you look at the Cowboys run defense, and I have a three-play sequence here from the Dolphins game that I think really defines what the Cowboys are versus the run. First one, you know, first down, a little bit of a pitch play there where Raheem Mostert cuts it back. And you see the problem here with the Cowboys defense. You've got Davis and Moss Smith in the defensive line in the middle, and they're just wiped away from this play, man. They're, they're wiped away from this play. Tight end gets to Malik Cooker at free safety, and I'm going to show you that play again. And Mostert basically has a cornerback to beat, which is Stephon Gilmore, and he gains a couple of extra yards. But look at the defensive tackles. They're just wiped away by the Eagles' offensive line. And again, you know, they're being double teamed and everything, but but they're just getting pushed five yards to the other side. And then you get to second and goal. I mean, this is first and goal. And you see the good part of the Cowboys' run defense. You see D-Law blow up the blocking. He takes on two blocks. And you see Jordan Lewis read it perfectly and make the tackle. Look at D-Law here to the left. And then look at Jordan Lewis, number two of the defense. D-Law blows up two blocks. And Lewis is unblocked, makes the tackle. Then you get to second and goal. And this is, again, dying personnel, 21 personnel. And the Cowboys are just beating the Dolphins to the edge. Malik Cougar comes crashing down. He makes the play. D-Law goes from block to block as if nothing is happening. And the Cowboys can rally to the football this way. They can have tackle for losses. They can stuff the run in certain situations. But it's 
the being pushed around in the middle that can really hurt you against some of the offensive lines like the Buffalo Bills, like the Eagles a little bit. The thing about the Eagles is that they don't change it up. And, you know, the Lions will change it up. If they need to go to zone, they can go to zone. If they can run counter, they will run counter. And they'll just keep changing it up and changing it up. And the Cowboys are going to be challenged, especially against the Lions, because you're going to see you're going to see the one of the most physical offensive lines that you've played this season mixed with one of the most creative and varied rushing attacks that you will see this season. I think in a way, they're more of a challenge than the Eagles are. And I say that with a grain of salt because the Eagles, you know, they just grind it out like they get to third and one and they'll do the tush push on you and that's that. But they're not getting explosive, the Eagles. Uh, the Lions do. The Lions do. And they also have the threat of Jared Goff at quarterback. So in a way, they're more of a concern to me in a way. But not in every way because I think I think the Eagles are still a pretty good team. Just people have forgotten a little bit about it because they're not being super consistent. And it, it's fair. It's a concern. Uh, like, I share that concern. I don't think the Eagles are as real as their record suggests. But the Cowboys, man, they need to be in their A game tackling-wise, and they need to be in their A game uh, getting to the quarterback. If they do those two things, they do those two things, and uh, you can beat the Lions, and you can slow down the offense for sure. Let's see what you guys have to say, though. Tom and I won five says, I want Micah a defensive end on third and longs. Short yardage downs. I want to see him right in the middle at linebacker. Man, we we can have we we can keep coming back to this debate. Uh <laughs> I, I get I get heated when it, you know, Micah had some reps at linebacker versus the Dolphins, did pretty well with them. I'm that's that's what I like, right? Do it very rare times like save it for very specific situations but don't do it in a 70 30 kind of way right because what we saw versus miami was like what two three snaps where micah was being a true off ball linebacker because there were some plays where he was lined up head up on the center but like two steps back so he could have like these two runway go with the center one-on-one and he can pick and choose where he goes to that's fine by me because he's rushing the passer i'm with guru here i want parsons at various rush spots up the middle blitzes both edge sides yeah like i want to i want to move him around right choice is very rare like every play no because if you do it every play then you you're just wasting the best player on your team potentially man um don't do it every play. Don't do Micah off-ball linebacker every play. Don't do it 70-30. Do it 90-10 is what the Dolphins game felt like. And Micah himself has spoken about this, man. Tom and I won five. It makes no sense to have Micah defensive end on running downs. They just run away from him and take him out of the play. Man, if this was the logic, right? If this was true, if the opposing teams always ran away from Micah Parsons, that would be enough to show you Micah's value, right? Teams are running away from him. 
offenses get predictable. You know where they're going. That's one side of things. The other side of things is that this is not Tecmo Bowl or something like that where you know what's coming every play. Heck, not even in Tecmo Bowl. You can, you can know what's coming every play. You don't know which are running down. I mean, you know about running downs, right? But if you start playing Micah at linebacker on first and 10 and second and 10 consistently, watch the offenses take a shot. Watch offenses take a shot, right? And Troy says, look at the Bills game case closed. Man, you are picking like the one game, right? I could point to look at the 16 games that the Cowboys have played. No, 15 games the Cowboys have played. And look at what he's done as a pass rusher. I strongly believe that storyline is overblown. Certain situations, sure, you can put him at linebacker. 90-10 most, in my opinion, though. And uh, just rush him from several spots. And don't waste one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. I wouldn't do that. Wouldn't do that. Anyways, uh, Julian says the Dallas offense is going to have to be their best defense in this game, says Julian. And this is a good way to put it. The Dolphins are going to move the ball on you. They're going to put points on the board. Offense is going to have to respond against a very weak defense, to be honest, because the, the Lions have been a weak defense in the NFL. No excuses for the offense, in my opinion, on this one. All that being said, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on a little bit here on the show. And before we get out of here, let's talk about the linebacker position. Let's talk about the guy that they let go on Wednesday. And let me know in the chat, did you like, no, actually, let, let me change it up. Is it a big deal, small deal, or no deal that the Cowboys moved on from Rashawn Evans on Wednesday? They waived him. Used his roster spot on Matt Willetsko. Matt Willetsko is now an offensive tackle for the Cowboys, you know, offensive line that needs a lot of depth right now. And out is Rashawn Evans. Took a lot of people by surprise. Took me by surprise. I didn't expect the Cowboys to move on from Rashawn Evans. Not because I like what I have seen from Evans. I have not. But because... You don't have linebackers, and, and now you have one fewer on your roster, which is insane. The Cowboys have Damon Clark, they've got Marquise Bell, and they've got Tyrus Wett, period. That's the end of the discussion. That's, that's the end of the list. Moments later, a little bit of clarity comes up, kind of, with a, with a report that you know he was arrested by Frisco police for possession of marijuana between two and four ounces is what the report says. People have been debating law <laughs> in Cowboys Twitter, in Cowboys Nation, about how Texas should approach the use of marijuana and the possession of marijuana and all that. Listen, I understand that. I get it. I understand being against Texas law in the marijuana use and all that. I agree with some of the disagreements there. But also, it's like, bro, maybe don't speed. Maybe don't get into a stop when you know, right, what you're doing. <laughs> like, bro, it's it, it's pretty easy to me. I think that's pretty dumb, honestly. It's one of those situations where if you're in that situation, then maybe drive slowly. 
Maybe stay on your lane. Keep it easy. Don't get into a stop. Shouldn't be that hard. That being said, you know, that's a different point of discussion. Let's see what you guys have to say, though. Zero depth at linebacker. Again, horrid move. Uh, let's see. Small deal, big deal, or no deal. Holly says small deal. Small deal for Katharina. Gregory says, Mo, it is a horseshit deal, a misdemeanor. And I'm going to be honest with you, Gregory. I'm with you. And not only that, I strongly believe the Cowboys did not let go Rashawn Evans because of it. People are mentioning Sam Williams in the chat. And we could bring up a lot of other players that, you know, wouldn't be in this situation that Rashawn Evans is in. The thing is... I'm going with no deal, by the way. Rashawn Evans is not the guy that a lot of us thought he could be. I thought he was not going to be a starter. I thought he was going to be a rotational player the Cowboys could use on early downs. But he's been one of the worst run defenders in the Cowboys since he's been here. And that's been in 7% of the snaps for Dallas. So I'm not going to sweat it. I don't think it's a big deal for the Cowboys. I don't think it's like all... He was arrested, so they moved on from him. I strongly do not believe that. I think the Cowboys just saw the roster and were like, yeah, this is the guy we're letting go, period. The one thing that does concern me, though, is that you don't have linebackers right now. You just don't. Uh, if you suffer from an injury, you're basically banking on whatever you have on the practice squad. I don't remember. I think Jefferson is out of elevation. So if you want to use Malik Jefferson, you're going to have to sign him to the roster. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he he remains, you know, he remains like at his max. I think they cut Mikhail Jones, didn't they? At least from my notes here, I'm, I'm looking at my spreadsheet, but I haven't updated it in a while. So I might be seeing some stuff wrong. Uh but yeah, the Cowboys are going to have to look elsewhere for a linebacker. Chances are. I think it's a no deal for the Cowboys, though, moving forward. And I'm not very concerned about it. I saw people debate it on my timeline. I, like, I saw all like, fans and content creators and media members. I'm like, all right. Nothing says 0-2 like fans going back and forth over Rashawn Evans being waived. <laughs> anyways uh ladies and gentlemen that will be it for me tonight here on adz sports dallas do me a favor and hit the like button for me if you enjoyed the show it helps me put it in front of more and more cowboys fans and i will see you tomorrow night it is gonna be the thursday show and you know it we're gonna have our prediction show the preview show if you will for cowboys lions on december 30th Man, it's going to be a fun one. Another tough game in December. Cannot wait. Shout out to all of you in the chat. I appreciate you so much. And I'll see you tomorrow, 8 p.m. Bye-bye.